0: Weird. That'll please Gow. Gow sucks. <laughs> Gow doesn't suck. Gow's now a good you Spending
1: a couple of weeks with Kenny Yong, G-Man.
2: Welcome to Born to Watch, where three old mates, an ex-video shop owner, an industry insider, and a black belt in 80s kung fu movies, put their mastery to the test on Movies That Changed the World.
0: Hey there, fellow watchers. It's that time of the week again. It's Born to Watch time, and we are live from the panic room. <laughs> As Gow's playing with his breasts in front of me, I can't actually contain myself. She so took me back to that waterhole with Linda Kozlowski. <laughs> Stop it, Gow, please. My name's Whitey and I'm the host of Born to Watch and we are a full compliment today. Obviously, I've got the Bug opposite me. Gao. How are you, mate? Very good. Great to be back.
2: Cracking episode. Looking forward to this one. Yeah. Iconic be. Australian movie in an iconic year. Definitely, yeah. Well,
0: it's a big year. 1986, Whitey. We love That's 86. Big one. This is the this is the big one. It could be. Yeah. But we won't get to that because Dan will probably rip in. And and you know, how are you, mate? You up there on the land, living large, on his own.
1: Yeah, big week on the land, family's away again, so I've been left to my own devices, so uh, not a lot of progress in several of the chores on my chore board, but I did manage to build a few seats today. Uh, Bunnings had a special on, on a Adirondack chairs, so I cut sick and uh, managed to put a few together before the pod, so a bit of a strange time for us to be doing the podcast too, it's uh, a little uncouth of me to be getting on the source at one o'clock on a Sunday, but if it's podcast, it means rip into a few tins.
0: Yeah, well, it is. And look, today we continue with the Aussie feel
1: and we're going to chat about a movie that
0: took the Aussie industry, the film industry, to the world in don't, a huge way.
1: Don't fucking, don't think I don't know what you're doing when you wind up and go straight into talking about the movies either. You've been doing it for weeks and I'm fucking over it. So if I feel like gibbering about something else, I will just change the subject.
0: Yeah, okay, flat pack Dan. Let's just fucking move on and talk about what we're here for. I couldn't give a fuck about you using some cheap fricking Allen key that Bunnings gave you to put together six dollar Aaron duck chairs. All right, no one cares about that.
1: No, they it's, care it's about a, it's a sustainably sourced wood. I made sure I, I did that before I bought it because <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is. Is it jutty, jutty wood? Jutty
0: wood. It's jutty, it's jutty wood. It's yeah.
1: It's not. It's not Balinese jutty wood. No. So. <laughs> Uh, but if you go up to M. Head's house, he's still running hoops of Juddy wood throughout quality
0: the
2: city.
1: Quality wood. So, it's quality oh. wood. But well,
2: look how long that's lasted for. Yeah. I mean, how many years ago did we bring that back?
0: Well, that's he, sustainable wood. Well, he tried to burn it, wouldn't burn.
1: <laughs> Parky'd Park, still be running his full bedroom suite with, uh, with yeah, Juddy from 1996.
0: Well, yeah, that's only because he's too tight to buy a new one.
1: But anyway, <laughs> shout look. Shout out to Parky. Still Parky. Bro.
0: Well, I'm sure he's a huge listener. Today we continue the Aussie feel. And uh, we're going to talk about a movie that really took Australian cinema to the stratosphere. And it actually could be the single best piece of tourism advertising in history.
1: Not Mad Max? You don't think Mad Max was a good piece of tourism no. advertising?
0: Well, no, I don't think so. I think it, uh, that, that probably drove people away. Different take on the outback of Australia at that one. Definitely. Yeah. Well, the one road, Anarchy Road. Yeah, that's right. That only went one way. Yeah. Look, an Aussie legend had an idea that turned into a cultural phenomenon. And you weren't Aussie if you didn't see this one in the cinema coming out in 1986, which is, could be our favourite year of cinema, but we'll, I'm sure we'll get to that yeah, at some stage.
1: It's our favourite year of cinema. Every freaking year from 82 to 2019 is your favourite year of cinema. But anyway, I do but, no, but he
2: had,
0: nobody look, to be fair, he has said 86, so we're going to get through some of these movies in a little bit and we'll see. Fuck we'll off, see. Daniel. You know that we love 86. Stop trying to just be divisive within the team, right? I read, Stay
1: I in read, your I read, lane. I did a bit of research about like good podcasts this week, and it says you've got to have a bit of conflict.
0: <laughs> We've got conflict. Don't worry about so that. I'll, I'll be. We, the talk back. Yeah. we talk a lot behind yeah. your back. We talk a lot behind your back.
1: Nice.
0: And look, if you didn't see this movie in the cinema, you weren't an Aussie. I actually ooh, remember. Ooh,
1: ooh, 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 I remember where I, I saw it at this, uh, this time. This one. Okay. Well, that's I I coming. So you're going to yeah. forget
0: in the next freaking two minutes? Uh possibly. But anyway. okay. Well, we're going to run that risk. Okay, we're going to run that risk. Uh, I clearly remember seeing this for the first time in the cinema. Look, it spawned two sequels of diminishing quality, hugely diminishing quality, with the third one being just heinous. Uh, but I, I don't think, even, think I could tell you about the third one's quality because I don't know if I've seen I it. think I've watched about eight minutes of it. It's awful. Yeah. Look, but even that can't take the shine off the amazing film that is Crocodile Dundee. And look, here's the trailer.
1: He was raised in the land down under, where a
0: man thinks on his feet, speaks with his fists, and lives by his wits. Two beers, all right? One for me. One
2: for me, mate.
0: (laughs) A legendary figure about to encounter a world more treacherous than any he has ever known.
1: night. Big Dundee from Australia. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Just going down for a couple of days. Probably see you around. Bye. This is your first trip to New York?
2: First trip anywhere.
0: Well, we might just have to give you one for free.
1: (laughs) Yeah. One what? How are you finding New York? A bit of a lunatic, a cylinder. That's why I love it, because I fit right in. G'day. Hello. Sorry. G'day. night.
2: Well, if you can manage, Walt, well, I'd like to stay a while.
1: Wouldn't have anything to do with a certain lady writer, would it? Paramount Pictures presents... Your are senor Meek. Paul Hogan. Um.
0: Hey, my man, what's
1: happening? Uh, not we? As Crocodile Dundee. You got a light, buddy? Yeah, sure, kid. And your one. has got a knife. <laughs> a knife? A knife? That's a knife. Crocodile Dundee.
0: Quality trailer from Hogs there, and Morgs has already alluded to him remembering when he first saw this movie, which is amazing for this podcast because Remorgs has the remorgues. Mi- uh, <laughs> Remorgs <Remorgz. laughs> Morgs has the mind of a goldfish. So Dan, let's lead with you before you forget. When do you first see uh, Crocodile Dundee?
1: Well, I, it was 1986, uh, and it was it was actually released a lot earlier in Australia than it was internationally. Which and it was slightly different. I'm sure Stats will rabbit on about it later in in a far less dulcet tone than my own. But yeah, early 1986, uh, I was still living in Melbourne, had yet to move back to Sydney, so I was running a fairly significant mullet into rat's tail. And I went and saw it with my brother and my mother, and uh, my old man was overseas at the time, flicking pencils around the world. But yeah, I remember seeing it and just being blown away. I didn't know anything about it, but uh, had a I can remember just walking out and going, "Wow, that that was incredible!" I can't believe I'll be part of that industry in in about fifteen years and uh, and and just cutting sick myself. So yeah, actually remember going well to the movies for one of the movies.
0: Yeah. What about you, Gail? I can't remember
2: where I saw this. Definitely in the <laughs> cinema, but I can't remember. Yeah, look, I, I can it remember. It definitely wasn't in Melbourne.
0: No, no, heaven forbid. Definitely wasn't in Fitzroy twin cinemas. <laughs> no, no. Fitzroy wouldn't have had a twin cinema. It would have been one cinema. <laughs> right. uh, look, I, I saw this at Hoyt's ring No Oh, uh, good. Yeah, Hoyt's <laughs> ring It was Hoyt's twin back then. And I distinctly remember, it came out in 86, and, I just, and this probably started my love affair with the movie Aliens. There was a wall display, which was like a frame behind glass, and it was the poster of Aliens, and it was Ripley's Rebox, actual, the oh, actual that actual Rebox, mm, were yeah, in I the display, yeah. and I, even to this start, I remember clearly walking past and going, "Fuck, I want to see that movie." And you know, we'll talk. I'm sure we will we'll, we'll cover Aliens, and I've got a lot of stories about Aliens, about where my love affair started with that. Did, but
1: did Johnny Bull say much about the aliens? special screening he had the other week with yeah he that, loved it Hayden. he put he,
0: yeah, yeah he, he put some stuff up on Facebook about it took a lot of photos yeah, so that yeah. the yeah. They, they actually burnt the print uh and oh, had that's to that's right yeah. they had to restart and start again. Michael Bean was there so they did a question and answer with Michael Bean which was amazing who we're we're hoping to get on the pod through uh through Dan's contacts. Mate he said it was amazing. He said it was uh we should have been there. There's a lot of F there that uh they're right up our alley and, and it could have been a big sales pitch for more to watch.
1: Yeah that and sucks.
0: And in saying that, just on Saturday gone, uh, he went to see Big Trouble Little China at the Orpheum again, and uh, he said it was full of F-wits. Said yeah, it was good. quality. Yeah, so we've got to get down to the Orpheum. for They've got a diehard Christmas special coming up. Yeah, uh, I saw that. We might have to That'd shoot down there for a, for a, for a day and, and go see something at the Orpheum.
1: Look, let's do... Maybe a, we need to
0: get something up here. Well, I think, that, I think that's, that's, what, that's what we're building to, I think. Yeah. We're going to have Born to Watch cinema, retro cinema and and we'll be able to get all the F wits, all seven of them we'll have 12 seats in case they invite a friend and uh, and we'll run retro films every weekend we're just going to run it in the studio here as damo suggested possibly well in the we broom got, closet we've got a tv in here yeah we do actually we, just oh, run we could run it, it in here,
1: here. We could it do me that. in the purple be in the broom closet
0: <laughs> <laughs> well she'll like to hear that
1: she'll like to hear that
0: okay well let's do because we forget it and when we say we that's the collective we essentially just me uh let's run with overs and unders up front Look, I, this movie came out in '86, so it's nearly 40 years old. I'm I'm going to go 25, right? Because I think that's a pretty fair, a fair thing. Let's start with you, Gail. What do you reckon, over and under 25? Well over 25. Yeah. Okay. Good. Go, Got to be well over 25. Yeah. 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 I I did 25 for you, so yeah, I thought that, it's a safe play. Yeah, no, very very safe. I'm well yeah. over. Well over 25. Well over 20. sure. Excellent. Excellent. What about you, Dan?
1: The dialogue, unlike a lot of movies, where my brain has uh, lost the ability to retain dialogue uh, of movies that we used to be able to quote from uh, from start to finish, I, I was able to predict pretty much everything the characters were saying in this. I've obviously seen it many times, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to say 25 on the knockup, only because I can't remember the last time I saw it before uh, before this week.
2: Morgz, just re-watching this movie, there's so many. I mean, obviously, there's so many quotes that we'll get to in this, but so many I just remember you saying to me. Like, totally. So many times that these have come yeah. out of your mouth. Like, yeah. There's tons of them. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to those it's, later. It's so good. Yeah.
0: It's, and even like, yeah, I just remembered the the whole Subway scene at the end. I just, yeah. I, I word for worded it. Yeah. You know, and the black guy who's amazing, yeah. you know, what do you want? <laughs> like, there's just so many just cool things. Uh, look, I'm over 25, well over 25. I watched this with uh, my daughter probably six months ago, introduced her to it because she's becoming a fan of crocodiles. So yeah, over 25 and probably well over 25. Gao, Tell us about the movie.
2: All right, here we go from the out Australian outback to New York city. Michael Dundee is about to survive a different kind of jungle. Intrigued by the near death experience of the rugged hunter, Michael J. Crocodile Dundee after a close encounter with a monstrous saltwater croc, the New York city reporter Sue Charlton travels to Australia to meet the legend in person. There, in the dusty hamlet of Walkabout Creek and the formidable outback, dangerous situations and unforeseen romantic complications await. However, Sue already knows that nothing compares to the urban jungle of the Great Big Apple. So, like a fish out of water, Mick leaves Australia for the first time in his life for Manhattan's concrete maze, where he comes face to face with the complexities of modern life. But will the unpretentious
0: Bushman ever adapt to the big city? This is the quintessential fish out of water movie. Yeah. Two halves, two fish out of two yeah. different waters, right? And it, I was only just driving down here to, to do the podcast and I was thinking, fuck, this movie is similar to Coming to America, All right? It's so similar where the guy comes out and, I, and you liken the, the slimy Richard to bloody Eric LaSalle. Yeah. You, you know, they're that same scumbag. It's so similar, but so good. Well, it's so a fairly good. straightforward story, isn't it? It like, is. You know. Boy moots girl.
2: Yeah, but it comes into one, comes into one yeah. environment and then they move to the other environment where one of them's not
0: used to it. Yeah. No, it's good. It's well done. Look, so let's do the ratings for this. And this is a weird one because IMDb have got this rated at 6.6 6 out of 10. Now, after last week's Mad Max, which was 6.8 out of 10, is there some issue with Australian film? Because this is a much better film than 6.6 6 out of 10, I would have thought. This would have gone much bigger though. Mate, it was less. It was We'll, huge. we'll get we'll to we'll it. We'll get to it. But man, it, like how- It was to, the second biggest grossing film of the year. Yeah only beaten by one of the greatest movies of all time. So I don't know. Look, but look on tomato on Rotten Tomatoes, it's certified fresh at 89, which is critics, but it's 59% audience score. So I don't get that. So that's six out of 10. I definitely don't get it Cause I don't know what it means. No, well, none of us do, but I just know that only 59% of the audience like it apparently. And I don't get that. How can you not like hogs? I know. and I'm sure, And I'm sure we'll get to that. In Good, the Bad, the Ugly. Yeah, so look, this these ratings are fucked, in a word. And I'm sure we'll- Pretty much. When we get to the rank bank, I'm sure we may have something to say about that. But uh, Gow, why don't you tell us about the cast?
2: Well, obviously, the main, big, major star here is Paul Hogan. Um, first major movie role, I mean, obviously, he been around in Australia, been working on the Harbour Bridge. I don't yep. know if everyone knows that, but he, he used to be a painter on the Harbour Bridge. And he actually got his start doing comic relief on A Current Affair, now he got he got a recurring role because he's a pretty funny fellow. Um, and then that expanded into a version of the Paul Hogan show, which I don't know if any of you guys watched that growing up, but it was the funniest show on television, I thought,
0: do, do you know what of the, all time. Do you know what the Paul Hogan show reminds me of? Greg Highfield.
2: Okay. Yeah, it's because
0: yep. he was a slave to the Paul Hogan show. <laughs> like if you go to him now, I'm sure he can quote yeah. 30 different skits from the Paul Hogan show. Yeah. I just remember it being so funny as a kid watching oh, that. God. Just hilarious, so, Leo Wanker.
2: Yeah, yeah. just incredible. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So he started on that, and then um, he was in Anzacs in '85. Do you guys remember? Well, we talked about Anzacs, yeah, we talked about last, Anzacs last week. Last week yeah. um, Corporal Cleary in that, which was a great, great Aussie uh, miniseries. Kennedy Miller miniseries. Yeah, that's right. Um, but after that, then he was straight into this. So he, he created and co-wrote this, um, but it earned him a Golden Globe for Best Actor, and there was also an award for best screenplay or a nomination a nomination I say, an Oscar for yeah. an Oscar for, for best screenplay. But, um, look, going through, going through Paul Hogan's movie career after that, I mean, Crocodile Dundee, 86, Dundee, 288, almost an angel, 1990, lightning Jack 94. That
0: is awful. Yeah. Awful. Well,
2: he's, he's running his, uh, you know, he's, geez, he's tax, running his popularity. It's here. his
0: tax scam though. Yeah. This is the well, tax scam in full blow. And he, he was Porter Ricks in Flipper in 96. Oh. That not uh, Elijah Wood, didn't it? I think Elijah yes, Wood yeah, was Yeah, I think yeah.
2: Elijah Wood was in that. Um, Floating Away, a TV movie in 88. Crocodile Dundee in LA. Uh, Strange Bell- Bedfellows
0: Yeah, that's with Michael I mean. Caton. That's not good.
2: No. Now, it's actually, I saw on there that it's now called, I Now Pronounce You, Vincent Ralph. So whether that was changed for the US, I don't know. I'd say that's a US change. Yeah. Very similar to Chuck and Larry. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then Charlie and Boots. God, so, but look, he, his, his film career wasn't, wasn't super huge. I think once he, once he did Crocodile Dundee, I mean, he was made, right. He didn't have to do too much after that. Nah, moved to the US, Just but, dodged,
0: just dodged the tax man.
2: Yeah. Well, that's right <laughs> for quite a few years. But, um, but look, he actually said like, he's a quote from him. What career a man's got a body of film, of about four movies in about 10 years or something. I do it because I think I can do a good job and I'll enjoy it, do it and sort of vanish. I don't want to be an actor for hire. So, yeah, fair enough, which rings true to what he's done. I mean, he, you know, he parlayed that into a fair bit of success, but, but didn't do too many
0: movies after that.
2: Yeah. Although I'm sure he's been involved in production and direction of quite a few.
0: Yeah, I'm sure he's, fine. he's financed a few along the way, no doubt. No
2: doubt. Uh, brings us to Linda Kozlowski. So she was actually a graduate of Juilliard uh, and had Broadway play experience. She's trained as an opera singer while at Juilliard as well. So a lot like you, Morgz, <laughs> classically trained thespian uh, with a the singing
0: pedigree as well.
1: Yeah, triple threat, like me. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> I'll get to her. i got some thoughts on uh, Linda Kozlowski in Good, the Bad, the Ugly. All right. Well, let's look
2: at her career. She was in a, a TV series called Nurse. Had, that was the start one episode. In a in a Hang on TV... a minute.
0: Just hang on one minute. How old was Hoag's when this movie's made? 47. Right. How old's Linda Kozlowski when this movie's oh, made? I don't know. She's 27. 27? Just remember that. Just okay. remember that. She was in a TV
2: movie, she did the TV movie Death of a Salesman in 85, and then starred in a movie role of that as well, because she had a critically acclaimed performance, but then into Crocodile Dundee, Past the Ammo in 87 with Bill Paxton and Tim Curry. Wow. Whitey, you got anything on that? Nothing on Past
0: the Ammo. I I looked it up and thought, well, there's a couple of stars in there, but I don't remember it. I can't imagine her resume is huge. Mate, We got
2: after that, you got Crocodile Dundee 2, Almost an Angel. With Hogs again. Hugs, yeah. um, well, by now she's Mrs. Paul Hogan. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So that's 1990. Village of the Damned in 95, and then Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles, and then she gave it away after that. So not, not a real, not a real long movie career. Oh well, again she's taken the money and run, and yeah. good on her. But yeah, nominated for a Golden Globe in Best Supporting Actress for this movie.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think yeah she's okay. We'll get to her in Good, the Bad, the Ugly. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Morgan? Do you think about Linda?
1: I was pleasantly surprised on the rewatch. I didn't, she didn't, until I watched it literally last week, I hadn't given her much thought and her performance much thought. I think she was excellent in this. I thought she did really well. I think that will probably be controversial with a lot of F wits, but I thought she was perfectly cast and I thought she did a great job. And I think that I never felt like she wasn't. Right for the character, so now I, I I have a refreshed opinion of Linda Kozlowski because, unfortunately, I think I was a bit tainted by the rest of her IMDb filmography, like you yeah. just mentioned, because she yeah. didn't do do much other than when Hogs cast her in one of her movies. But as uh, as playing across from Hogs in this, I thought she was excellent. I really enjoyed. What she did with the part and with the character, with not a lot. I mean, there's, there's not a huge plot to this film. It's it's kind of a comedy, romance, action, and film across genre. Everything tourism ad for Australia, everything else Hugs was trying to do with with the film. But no, I uh, yes, very pleasantly surprised on the rewatch. I agree. Her I agree with you, Morgs.
2: Yeah, and, I, I thought I thought their chemistry was really good. They bounced off each other very well. I mean, he's a fantastic actor anyway. Um, but well, yeah, she did but, really well.
0: like, I, and I'll get to it now, I've got it in Good, the Bad, the Ugly But while we're talking about this Yeah, I agree, I think in the first Half of the movie where she's a strong Journalist, go-getter I think she's really good I think it's in the sweet moments where it feels Quite awkward, like and there's a quote Where it's like uh, I'm always okay when I'm with you Dundee After the knife yep. scene I just find those bits for me were just a bit like oh. And it's really been nitpicky But I think she's good in the start. I think it's when it becomes a bit emotional that she's a bit weak. But, yeah, looks pretty good in the G-string, which is controversial at the time. Yeah, yeah it was, wasn't it? Yeah. And the red dress. Yeah. I've got another thing about the red dress as well. But anyway, continue.
2: All right. Well, then we go in – look, there's, there's not, a, not a lot of actors in the movie, but we've got John Million, great great Australian actor Mate. over
1: a long, long time. Yeah, he's a legend. John Mellencamp in this did had what four scenes, Yeah. and in every one of them he is excellent. So I yeah you're about to gloss over John Mellencamp and I won't. No, have we're that. not glossing. No, because, no, no. no. Oh, I I thought he was an integral part of the tone of the film, and I think that he had fuck all to work with, but every line he delivered, I just I, I was so impressed with him on this again on this revisit.
2: Oh, he's he's unreal in this movie. I mean, he he really adds to it. Mate, what about it really adds to the w- character of crocodile Dundee for sure?
0: what about when uh, Lynn when they when they first sort of about to set off and and she says to to wall, uh, well, you know, how good is he, he goes so oh, he's the best bushman that there's ever been, one of my best students." Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, I, I laugh so hard almost every time he opened his mouth. Yeah. He's so fucking good. And he's good in two as well. Yeah. He's, he's, he almost steals the show. Yeah. He's in it yeah. for so little, he almost steals the movie.
2: But, yeah, he, he started in a movie called The Sundown as Bluey Brown, 1960, with Peter Ustinov, Robert Mitchum. Um, wow. Mate, he was Nimble Norris in a couple of episodes of Skippy. <laughs> uh, Division 4 in 1970, Matt Locke, And he was in Walkabout. With another of the movie stars, David, David Gulpilil, yeah, in uh, in seventy one.
1: I've got to have another look at Walkabout. I haven't seen that for a long time. Yeah, it's yeah, a very, go. very good film.
2: Yeah, um, he'd been on he'd been on Dynasty, Bellbird. He was he uh, got a Logie for best supporting actor on the. Hang dismissal. on, hang on, hang on. Did you say oh, Dynasty? Yeah, he was on Dynasty. Is that an episode? More just an episode.
0: Uh, the dismissal. That's the miniseries about that's Gough the, Whitlam. The, the that's great as yeah. well. Kennedy Miller again.
2: Yeah, so Best best Logie, or Logie for Best Sporting Actor. Uh, then into Crocodile Dundee, a movie called Bullseye in 87 with John Wood. Um, and then Crocodile Dundee 2, but he passed away in 1989 from cirrhosis of the liver. So, oh, he unfortunately, like he was he, only
0: 55. He really looked like he loved to drink. Yeah, yeah. He really did.
2: But um, one of his, one of the biggest roles he had was he was the voice of, and still is the voice of VB, you know?
0: Oh, Harder and thirst. Yep, that's him. Wow.
2: And he's done it. He did it for so many years. And after his death, his son took it over briefly, but then they started using uh computer enhancements to do his voice. But yeah, he was still running that up um up until at least 14 years after his death. They were still using his voice for I those ads.
0: I actually went back and, and listened to a couple of them. They're so good yeah. those dads. Oh mate, the, the, the beer ads, the Australian beer ads yeah. are some of the best in all of yeah, The all time. To his NVB ones were, yeah. were cracking. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh then as you mentioned, David Gulpalil. Uh, first nations actor born in no- 1953. Um, I mean, look, he, his first movie was in walkabout. He learned to speak English on the set of walkabout. He didn't, he didn't know it. He, he knew a few different Aboriginal dialects he, and he learned he was quite a quick learner. Apparently he's another of Morgan's favorite movies, mad dog, Morgan
1: 76. He's great in this. He, again, he's in two scenes and, uh, he's, he's excellent. In both. Yeah. Uh, he's, uh, I, he's I,
0: I, I loved, I loved that whole little five, six minutes that he's in. Yeah. Oh, it's
1: fantastic. Wait, when
0: he's walking when he walks off through the bush. Yeah. He and he choreographed all he, that's that's good, isn't it? Ah, oh, jeez. Yeah, I fucking hate I hate the bush. Hate the bush. Yeah. <laughs> Some say they're telepathic <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah, so many
2: good lines in the movie. <laughs> but yeah, he was uh fingerbone Bill in Stormboys Storm in seventy six. I remember seeing that as a kid, yeah. Oh, it made me bore my eyes yeah. out. Yeah. That's like watership down yep. for me. Still got PTSD, but uh, yeah, Rabbit Proof Fence, two thousand two. The Tracker. Oh god, he was that's. Was in Australia, a... two thousand and eight. Tracker's
0: a good movie too.
2: And He won awards. He won. Uh, what did he win for Tracker? He won a two thousand and two AFI Award for Best Actor. Um, he was got a Best Lead. He got an Actor Award, Best Lead Actor, and Best Screenplay for Charlie's Country, yep. two thousand oh, and fifteen. Oh, yeah, have that. That's good. Yeah, yeah, mm. and uh, and he and he also his his documentary, My Name Is Gulpalil, in two thousand and twenty, just just before he sadly passed away. Uh yeah won a, won a best documentary award for that as
0: well. Yeah, wow. He's quality.
2: Yes, but then look we get we got Reginald Vel Johnson who we mentioned a couple of weeks ago. We love Reggie. This is at the start of his career. He hadn't done much before. he done he'd been jail guard in Ghostbusters, but that was really it before he hit the big time a year later in yeah. in Die Hard. So yeah, we won't go too much in, into him.
0: Um that look we're really pretty thin after that. Oh, it's super thin. Do you know who's who I noticed is in it? One of the one of the guys out of Mad Max is in it. He's one of the roo shooters. Um, is uh, he's, it he's Mudguts, the skinny one? The uh, he's he's in. He's one of the roo shooters. Is he? Yeah, I okay. saw that. I was going through the the cast. But there's really no one else in it. Yeah. Well, no special mention
2: to to Barry Kivel, who's been in a, in a few different movies, A Fortunate Life, and a couple of others. But um, he had he had a role in this movie. His he, actual I looked it up. His actual title was Coke Snorter.
0: <laughs> so he here's the, he the guy at the party. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got a good way to do that. <laughs> Sweet. What about? So the so Richard, who's played by Mark Bloom, yep, he sadly passed away from complications due to coronavirus virus in 2020. Oh really? Oh wow, wow. Yeah. So, so yeah. So there you go. A little bit of a you yeah. just bring the info. That's what we do. That's right. Just bring the heat. What about the stats.
1: soundtrack? Soundtrack stats? Did you look into that?
2: i look i didn't I didn't do too much on the soundtrack apart from that it's awesome i really love the i really love the music at the Aussie music at the start and then when it changes you know when they go to to um new york just that that upbeat it's such eighties music did it it was not oh,
0: it was nominated for an aria the the score it was yeah see, i
1: thought the score was brilliant i again amazing i knew amazing. that it was it's littered with uh obviously, 80s tracks that we, we've grown up with metals anything and, and in excess tracks and the like and michael hutchins was actually an investor in the film too stats they probably yeah. already got they that, they
2: did they actually did some did some work on some of the some of the
0: some of the songs i think or yeah. one of the songs at least yeah they they provided one song yeah but the well, they, score they, i thought the score was, oh the score was is epic. epic really really score, good it's it's so iconically australian yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's brilliant. Oh, I just, I've got I just that love in- that contrast. Yeah. When it,
2: because it is yeah. Australia and when they go to the States and we said, it's just, it just, it reminds me of the golden child or something like that. Like just that music. It's, yeah. such, it's such that time, the mid eighties. How good's the mentals, perfect.
0: the mentals just popping yeah. up in the
2: party. Yeah.
0: Good. Yeah. Great. But look, this movie
2: as Whitey alluded to before was the second biggest movie of 86, a gross of 328.2 million with a domestic box office of 175 million. On an eight point eight million dollar Aussie budget. Crazy. It's incredible. So just amazing. So it's actually remains the most commercially successful Australian film ever made. Well, you know it was crowdfunded um, this movie. Yeah, it was yeah. Essentially yeah. crowdfunded. Well, they put it out there, yeah. Him and him and Strop. Yeah. John Cornell and, yeah. and Peter Feynman, I think, you know, the usual suspects that invested with Hoax yeah. put it out there. Yeah, to crowdfunded yeah, it to get some money. But um, it's still the most one of the most successful non Hollywood films of all time. Yeah. Just puts it in perspective. It's a cracker. But let's look at some others. Do you want to look at some others now, please? So here we go. Other when are 80- we going to sing? Just tell me when we're going to. Oh, sing. We're, we're getting there. Excellent. We're going to roll down. We've good. got some good ones this week. Because I ha- I
0: held back on, you know, hey, uh, the mentals. I think I really wanted to bust yeah. mentals out? But- uh, there's some there's some gold coming for you. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, don't worry. i be- uh, got look, a couple lined
2: up. 86 movies. Best picture. Best director was Platoon. Uh, Oliver yeah. Stone for yeah. best yeah. director. Paul Newman, best actor for The Color of Money. Uh, best actress was Marley Maitland in Children of Lesser God. But look, biggest movie of the year, obviously, was Top Gun, 357.5 million. So it shaded out Crocodile and the Aliens at three, with 183 million. So a fair gap between those two. But then Platoon, Star Trek IV, Back to School. Back to School did 91 million.
0: Good movie.
2: The Golden Child did 70 or did 80 million, just under 80 million. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. The Colour of Money in at number
0: 12. Um, stand By Me. Well, we've talked we've talked many times about 1986 being the inspiration for the Born to Watch podcast. Yeah. So, Dan, your thoughts on 86? I'd like to hear what your thoughts are on 86 as a cinematic year.
1: Really strong. It it has my favourite film of all time amongst the uh, releases of 1986 and, and several others that are very what is fond, that, fond of all of us. Well, we'll have to talk about that in the future, G-Money. Um, oh yeah! I, good I teaser. Mean, He's a that's teaser. teaser. No, yeah. Industry—that's
0: industry knowledge. Yeah. How to that's, lead oh people on. Oh
1: God, if we—this is what I deal with every week. Like you know, we, you learn, we, we learn, we You don't blow your load at the start. You've got to keep the suspense up. We oh we learn.
0: Yeah, we learn so much from this guy every week, don't we? Yeah.
2: On an unrelated note, Big yeah. Trouble in Little China came in at number sixty-nine with eleven million. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. mate. Number sixty-nine. Cruelly Terribly, cruelly, un- cruelly <laughs> underrated.
0: Yeah. Cruelly Terribly underrated. I, I think we need to do a episode in the in the near future about maybe whether it's a, a part one and a part two where we do our top ten movies, each of us, and we we start off from ten and we would say what our number ten is and we go down, because it would be interesting to see where some of the movies that we talk about often sit. And I know it might be half a gal to do a top ten. I reckon we'll a- probably have
1: we'll have one movie that crosses over between all three of us. Oh, I disagree. Yeah.
0: I disagree with that. I think there'll be two. I think yeah. there'll be two. Are you guys yeah.
1: thinking no retreat, no surrender? Like
0: is that what you're thinking? But I think that's you want to talk about you wanna talk about Dan having some uh conflict. I think that's a that might be a good episode where a bit yeah. of conflict would come in because 'Cause yeah. I'll be shooting down your independent cinema every time you open your mouth, Daniel.
1: <sighs> F wits. Well I look forward to it. All
0: right.
2: <laughs> here here we go. There there won't be much conflict here. There'll be a bit of joining in because here we go. Okay, okay, okay. Number one songs. Number one. Or top one hundred Billboard songs for nineteen eighty six, number one here. Can I? Can I? Can I have a punt? Have one punt. Is it living on a prayer? It is not living on a oh, prayer. Oh no! It is a song by Dion Warwick and friends. Oh God, that's what friends are. Is for. it?
0: Is it? Well, that's what friends are for. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's <laughs> not the, That's not the one with Aaron Neville with the. No, no, I'm not. I don't know. Yeah. Stevie Wonder's in it,
2: Elton John. Yeah. Uh, number two song, Lionel Richie. out.
0: Right. Is it hello? See you. Oh god. See me.
2: Oh
1: now. god. See it
2: together. Sucks. Yeah. Number four was on my own. Patty LaBelle. Now I don't know that one, but all I can think of is on oh, my Bush.
0: own. On my own <laughs> tonight. I'm sure it's not that one. Know, not it that should one. be, but it's not.
2: Uh, well, here's one of your favourites. Mr. Mr. in at number five, Broken Wings.
1: Take <laughs> these broken wings. So this is the US top ten or the Australian Yes, US. Top 10? Yeah. No, uh, the US. Should have yeah. done the Aussies. No, nah, well, the, the,
0: the thing is, is that oh, I've got a little list here about the hundred greatest songs from 86. It's not Billboard. Mate, Eddie Murphy is up there number seven, Party All The Time. Yeah, My girl was...
1: wants to party all the time, party all the time, party all the time.
0: Mate, there there are there were some great songs released in eighty-six. Uh Walk This Way, Run DMC and Aerosmith, which yeah, was the good. which was the turn of the corner for Aerosmith. Yeah, I, was watching,
1: yeah. I was watching the Beastie Boys documentary again. Yeah, last a, night. a that's a good flick. It's just fantastic. But they do a lot about when they were touring with Run DMC and Aerosmith would come and uh and perform. They actually Aerosmith would fly in just to perform that one track. And yeah. um Yauk, Adam Yauk got up. With them at the behest of uh, the Run DMC guys, so you've got Joe Perry and Steven Tyler come on—it's their big moment to do Run DMC—and then Yacht jumps up with his bass and uh, jumps up on stage as well, and then tries to do back-to-backs with the, with, with, uh, with Perry, <laughs> <laughs> and he wasn't—he's having none of it, and the fans just pissing themselves laughing. And oh, beastie boys, rest in peace, Yacht. Yeah, nice. yeah. Well,
0: they've got you know you got to fight for the right to party. That's that came out in '86. So yeah, you know, massive songs. Living on a prayer. Mate, you give love a bad name was in at number thirty. Yeah, on the Hot 100 yeah. this year. Ma- bon Jovi were massive. It's massive. It's uh slippery and wet year. Yeah, yeah. One of the two You're, greatest albums of all time. Well, I think it might be your favorite album of all time. Isn't it? Well, it's either that
2: or New Jersey. I mean, that debate will be had. <laughs> well, what about debate? What about
1: the Black Sorrows?
2: Oh yeah, look, they're not quite at that level, but they're definitely. They're probably third.
1: They're up there. Linda and, and Vicka. Joe Camilleri and Vicka and Linda's, obviously, they're, they're solo albums as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Take My Breath Away from Berlin for uh, Top Gun. Yeah, yeah, from Top Gun. One of the worst sex scenes in the history of cinema. Oh,
1: God.
2: Danger Zone was number 42, speaking Used of it. that. Used yeah. it. Kenny uh,
0: Loggins. <laughs> Final Countdown, Europe.
1: One yeah. of the great songs. So apparently they hate that song. Most of the guys in the band hate that song. Do you know what I hate? Yeah. yeah
0: it's huh? their only song. Yeah. Right? Without that song, they'd be the final Nuffies. Yeah. I hate it when you hear these bands and, oh, I'm not playing that song, you know, we're going to play. It reminds me a bit when, uh, when you toss the coin with Midnight Oil, where you don't know what you're going to get. Oh,
2: just play your fucking it, hits, Pete. Did they, yeah.
0: did they have any other
2: songs or are they famous and we just didn't know? That's the only one we've ever well, heard. They,
0: they were probably famous in Sweden where they yeah. were from or wherever, but Final Countdown's all I knew them for. Yeah, some cracking songs.
2: Yeah. But anyway, look, top top shows of that year. This is <laughs> – it's not much point to go through. The Cosby Show, Family Ties, Cheers, yeah. The Golden Girls, yeah. Night
0: Court, We've Growing up. We've sung them all before.
2: There's there's plenty of them there.
0: Let's go back to songs, though, because a quality release by Chris DeBurr, Lady in Red. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, it was my go-to karaoke song for 15 years. Yeah, that was part of your wedding, too, I believe. Yeah, it, was no doubt. it probably was. Probably was.
2: Oh. Wait, that, was a, that was a poem that Morgs and I wrote.
0: <laughs> Mate, there's some great songs, some great songs, some great TV shows. Eighty, look, let's be honest, how fucking good were the eighties, just in general? Yeah, they were really freaking mid eighties, cracking, yeah, really good, cracking time. Yeah, really, really good. Anything else, G man? No, that's it. All right, well done. We didn't sing much. And there'll be some people that are very happy with that.
1: that. That American top 10 was fucking awful. Like we need to, we need to find better tracks. Well, well, a
0: good year for movies, bad year for music. Mm. It appears. No, but it's good music. Just not, uh, not in the charts. Like a lot of stuff that's, you know, just, yeah. just off the, uh, off the pop culture realm, I guess it's like number 14, Peter Cetera. Glory of love, mate. It's one of the best songs of all time. One of of the greatest songs of all time. One of the greatest songs of all time. I think it's from uh, Karate Kid 2. One of the great songs. Okay. Well done. Let's have question time. I've got three questions for you. Is this the quintessential Australian movie? Now, Australian movies have a habit of dealing essentially with subcultures. Now, there are movies like, say, like Puberty Blues, which would discuss surfing culture. We had Mad Max, which discusses bikie and road culture. We seem to do subgenres really, really well. Is this a, the quintessential Aussie movie? What are your thoughts? No thoughts, Daniel. Anything? He's asleep.
2: Look, okay, yeah. Look, I think it is the quintessential movie. So Hogs had Hogs had already gone out and done his, you know, try another shrimp on the Barbie ads. Yes. And, you know, he was selling, selling Australia to the States. This is, this is the next step in that, I guess, like, you know, taking that laconic Australian humor, which he had in spades all the way over there. And and it obviously resonated with everybody. Yeah. You know, what a, what a fun, what a fun place and, you know, different country that we are, you know, we were at the time. Absolutely. uh, What was a lot bigger?
1: Lot, world was a lot bigger too, so this was yeah. Americans didn't yeah. know a thing about Australia, and that's Hogs uh, right. and, and Strop were very strategic in that they knew that yeah. if they served them up a helping of uh, of the, the mythology of the the Aussie Outback and the uh, the, the character like Hogs and all the freaks at the Walkabout Pub, then I think that it was just super smart. They just they were onto a winner, and that, that's why they couldn't get any funding from the studios, but they knew if they put the cash together, this was a no-brainer.
0: Yeah,
2: no, it was. But the quintessential look, the castle's up there for me. Yeah. Castle's, again,
0: Castle's unreal. Again, like, like subgenre. Yep. Bogan Australia. Yeah. It's, it's, so it's like, yeah, I agree. It's, it's, this is great. It, and it brought so much to Australia, this movie. But you're right. It probably isn't the best, but. Look, well, what, but what else is there? I mean, it's got to be. I mean, it's it's right, right up mean, there. But what do you the, mean greatest... the best, though? The, well, the, the... no, I'm busy. like, is. It, is it? Is it the most? Is it the most? Does it? Does it explain Australia in the best way? I guess. Does it? No, God no. Show us in the no exactly. But when you think of Australian film, do you think of Crocodile Dundee? Is this the movie that springs to mind first?
2: I think it would for a lot of people. Hundred percent.
1: Uh, t- I, no, it's, a, it's. I think it's too narrow a, uh, a view. Like, yeah, it's for, for international audiences, they would say crocodile Dundee. But if you're saying yeah. does this reflect Australians on, on film, then of course not.
0: Yeah, well, that's a whole other discussion. Mm. Definitely. All right. Is Mick the most likable guy in all of cinema? He's a Ooh. bit of. A, he's
1: a bit of a dick at the start so he's obviously we as australians can see through that bravado at the start and the misogyny and all the shit that he goes on with and just think okay we know he's he's taking the piss the whole time and he's he's obviously a good bloke but if you were watching it with fresh eyes like he does carry on a bit at the start and um, well,
0: oh, it was funny i was watching it with megan and the the scene and, and i'll probably get we'll get to it in good to bad ugly, but the scene where They first, they have the first night and then they wake up and then she decides, well, you know, she's just going to go off on her own Mm. and he's because he's being a chauvinist and let's be fucking honest. She ain't going off on her own and this isn't about women can't do it. She's a reporter from New York who doesn't have any idea and she thinks she can just walk off and do it. Let's just take in the women's lib movement a little too far and sure he's been a dick then, but there's no way that happens.
1: I mean, of course you, not. You guys, nobody's going to walk you, off. If you, if yeah, you guys no, were writing, the, if you two were writing the story, like you could not go off. Like Mick would, obviously, I'm from the land, so I'd be quite <laughs> adept out there, but. You uh, guys, you guys would be just as screwed, and and you have penises. So no, I agree. That was probably her her mock indignation was probably overwrought a little bit in that particular scene. But yeah, he does set it up. He, he certainly yeah. got a lot of so- chauvinist crap going on that. And, and but if you look at it, like there's no real arc for his character. That's the only sort of minor bit that I guess that is um, that that's carved cut. From uh, those rough edges cut from his character when he goes to New York and he's actually a, a really likable bloke he's uh, a, and everyone who comes across his path obviously enjoys hanging out with him, so he had to have yeah. some sort of uh, change for character and that that's probably the best best example of it, but yeah it's yeah uh, there's definitely some dickish moments that we forgive because we know that he's got a harder goal, yeah for sure,
0: okay, what's the go with public engagement?
1: I said yeah. exactly. We what watched it last What is night. the
0: go with is that?
1: that. Is, that so, a Hol- is that a Hollywood trope or is that, do you guys know of anyone is, that's actually done that? But is it is it an American thing? I like, don't know. Do, well, people do, you, do it at baseball games and things like that, I guess. But, but do but, they? Like, I, like. is it a, have you ever been anywhere where you've seen a public? Oh, no, never seen it. And go, uh, no, no, but, I don't know. That's so, an American no, thing.
2: Well, we talked about this last night because I said exactly that when we watched it. Our whole family watched yeah. it. And I said to Chrissy, what's the go with that? And she said, well, he wants her in a place where she can't say no,
0: right? Because ah, yeah, that's, 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 right. no,
1: no, that's a good take, yeah.
0: Yeah, I know I know that's the reason why it is. But, like, surely it, – but it, if you think of coming to America, you think of wedding crashes, yeah. you think of this movie, Then that none of them end up getting married. No. It just shows how big a dick the guy is more than anything. I think it's. A, I think Morgan's right. It's just a movie trope. It's a trope, right? They've got, yeah. they got to throw it out there. Yeah. Yeah. No, anyway. All right. Well played. Let's move into the categories, and I think after this one, Morgs has got something special for us. But let's go into the good, the bad, the ugly, where we talk about the stuff that we thought was good in the movie, the stuff that was bad, and if there's anything downright ugly. And we're going to start with Down on the Land today. What you got for good, Morgs?
1: Uh, good. I thought the Walkabout Creek Pub reminded me of the Time and Tide Hotel at Dy. So just the. <laughs> the, the I thought that was very good, but the characters in there. So Donk is a special for Lychee, and uh, I reckon <laughs> that all of the characters in there, I, I definitely, I, I worked at the Time and Tide Hotel when I was at uni, and, uh, yeah, I, I've met every single person that uh, that either drank at the place or worked at the place that are, that are featured in the Walkabout pub. So I think that was a true reflection of of an Aussie uh, shit house pub experience uh, for sure, so I thought that was really good. Um, I, I love the fact that this was crowdfunded. I love the fact that Mick, uh, that, um, that, that, sorry, Hogs and, and Strop uh, backed themselves and just knew they were on a window. It was just such a no-brainer, great idea. They were just going to strategically sell this um, this mythology of, of Australia to the American audience and, the, and they just brained it. And They didn't, they, they, he did it specifically, and again, you'll probably have more info on it, but did it specifically for the US, but it blew up all over the world. So I, I think that that's great. Um, but yeah, they're, they're my, my two real favorites, uh, about this movie.
2: Yeah. I, I agree more. And we sort of touched on it earlier that, you know, they brought that quintessential Aussie, you know, at the time, larrikinism and, you know, the, the way our country's portrayed to the U S and then, and you're right, it just went, went huge. And the idea he got, you know, from, from a guy that had, had, you know, had some sort of, um, adventure like that. And he just ran with that and went like this whole fish out of water thing. And yeah. that's how the idea came to him. And he, and he ran with that. And I think that's. I mean, it comes across so well. I mean it's a it's a it's a good light-hearted movie for everyone. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, everybody yeah, can watch it really and you and you can still too. get the last
1: out of it. Yeah. That's it. But there's I think you mentioned the fish out of water, which is 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 great and is overused obviously as a mm. uh, a device in cinema. But the to have the contrast between Mick as a fish out of water and Sue as a fish out of water, yes, I thought was, yeah. was awesome. Like it would just it's really cleverly written and I think really speaks of hoagues just knocking out weekly television for a dozen years prior to this. Like they've just had, they've well, had to, but yeah. yeah, they needed to get a laugh within, within 20 seconds of Hugs featuring on with all the skits that he's done. I think he just yeah. had the most amazing uh, apprenticeship with, with comedy writing that but he's but, just but culminated but he's, yeah. in this.
2: But I think that his talent and his charisma, like it just shines through. I mean, he's, he's always had that. He's always had that, that humor in him and that larrikinism. And it just, that, just shines through so well. I mean, this is the perfect vehicle for him. Absolutely. It it all goes back to his show.
1: Yeah, That's it. No, I, I, I thought I looked at this critically again when, when I watched it, I couldn't, I couldn't, pull apart any of his performance. I think it was subtle, no. if anything. Very he subtle. Yeah. Very didn't, subtle. Didn't overact uh, at all. He, de- he delivered his lines perfectly. His comic timing is impeccable, obviously. But, yeah, there was no part where I thought, no, nah, he, he's over his head here. He's uh, he, he can't carry a movie. He was fantastic. Yeah.
0: Got anything else, Gail? No, that's it. Okay, look, I've got a couple of things. Uh, you touched on it. Feel good movie. I just found myself smiling uncontrollably yeah. through the whole movie.
2: It's still, it's still funny to this day. It's even if funny. you've seen it still 25 funny. times, it's still funny. Some of those lines, I'm laughing before they come out For last sure. night. And i am sure. going to the boys, listen to this, wait for this, yeah. wait for this. Yeah.
0: Like, 95 minutes, again, perfect runtime for this yeah. movie. This, First, uh, not need to be,
1: it was not a thing. Nothing you there, would take yeah.
0: out. No, nothing. There is nothing. It is the perfect runtime. There's nothing at all. It's just so well done. Uh, I think the, that initial shot, I still remember this to the day where the helicopter comes out of the mountain. Yeah. Fuck, that's clever. Yeah, yeah, it's you awesome. don't even see it. And next thing it's just there. Really, really good. I love Mick's entrance into the pub. Yeah, that's quite funny. Sets Brilliant. the scene about knife, the knife, really. the knife about, coming flying yeah. in, and so, yeah. but it's showing us who he is, his assumed persona. Yeah, right. Which I thought, and then he just grabs her and goes for the dance. But this is the thing about John Million that you don't like. Just even his facial when he sees the knife
2: come in, and she she recalls back, yeah. and you see him go, oh, yeah, no, here, here we, we go, not again. And you know, yeah. and, it's, and it's just he's so good, like just under, yeah, underrated with that. Like he just yeah. sets
0: that scene so well. Mick in general, so shaving with the knife, yeah. so shaving, and then she comes around getting the knife out and shaving with the knife, obviously looking at the, the watch. watch. Yeah. yeah, it's 20 past two. Yeah. Like it's so freaking simple but yeah. so good, right? But I think I, in rewatching it again, I think the, the whole bit where they first camp and it's the kangaroo shooters, yeah. <laughs> they wake up and it's the kangaroo shooters, and she goes, well, are you going to do anything? He goes, well, it's not illegal. And then she sort of looks at him and he goes, oh, fuck, here we go. So he goes off and next thing they go, he goes, I'm going to go take a piss. And he's there and he goes, shh, give me the spotlight. Give me the spotlight. And he goes, shine it here. There's a big bugger in the trees. Look at and this he's, like, cheeky he goes, bugger. he's like, look at this cheeky bugger. And then the guy from behind goes, it's got a gun. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just starts start shooting. I was losing it. I, it was so it's so fucking funny. funny.
2: It's funny, and then he shoots the guys. He shoots the guys' gun, yeah,
0: and shoots he shoots the, the, light. the light out, yeah. but it doesn't hurt them
2: at all. No, like no. just, and it's quite funny because it's yeah. it takes the piss a little bit there for sure. It just it just makes it a funny so scene, good.
0: right? And so, then and then at the end, it's like good one, Skippy. <laughs> <laughs> like it's so funny, but then obviously, then straight after that's Neville Bell, yeah. and like we spoke about David Goldpuller, but he just crushes it. You know, yeah. so good. Very he good. he
2: did the choreography for those scenes for the, too. Dances, yeah, all the dancers, for sure. yeah,
0: for sure. And obviously, you can't you can't not talk about the bar, the New York bar with Gwendolyn. So that whole scene is just, is next level. And obviously now in 2022, you you look back and you're like, that doesn't pass the test now, does it? There's a few things in this, (laughs) in this movie, like Megan kept saying to me, well, you can't do that now. I'm like, you know, it's a time capsule. It's a time capsule, right? hundred percent it is. You all, you, you pack of bastards. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly right. But the thing, the thing I, I think the thing that actually resonated with me the most, and it's quite ironic considering that we're sitting here in a podcast offering opinions that six people listen to, right? But when she's sitting down and the first time that they meet when they're in the outback and she says to him, well, you know, what's your views on nuclear disarmament and all this? And he goes, well, I don't have any. That's you know, none of my business. And she goes, well, surely you've got an opinion or you've got something to say. You should have an opinion. And he goes, who's going to hear me out here? Yeah, And I'm like, that's fucking refreshing, right? You don't need, everyone doesn't need to have an opinion. I get the irony's dripping on this statement, but like you don't need to have, sometimes you just don't need to have an opinion and he's just living life but in his bubble. Yeah. Doesn't know, doesn't care. Like, Exactly he right.
2: You yeah. know, th- that's, that's him though. He lives, he lives out in the land. Yeah. He doesn't care about the time he's doing his own thing and he's not, he's quite detached from Yeah. city life and For sure. you know, and, and, and issues and things like that. He's just sure. just running his own race.
0: Yeah. And we spoke about the score, which is next level. Yeah. I love it. Uh, it's so good. So, just Australian, yeah, iconically Australian.
2: All right, the bad. Can I? I'll, I'll run straight into this because going yep. back to the, the Roo shooters, <laughs> um, when, when they go out there to see where Mick, you know, where the boat got overturned, right? So, they, they drive out there and then they get in the boat and they go all the way out there. Then he, Wally lets them off and, and they, and they walk and then they go find the camp first. I go to the boat and then they find the Roo shooters that night. Why didn't they just drive there? If the roof shooters could get to where they are in a car, why didn't they just drive there? <laughs> Good pick up, gal. Yeah, I was, I
0: was watching it last night, going, well, hang on? Why, why do all this stuff?" Yeah, well, you've got to show off the outback.
2: Yeah, but it, well, they could have just driven yeah. to it and said, "You know," and then we'll walk this bit. Instead, they got in the boat went all the way across. Of so, of
0: course, money. That, that's my little bad. Morg, you got anything?
1: Uh, yeah, when Mick first arrives in New York, he goes into Times Square and there's a there's a set-up establishing shot of Times Square and there's all the billboards there and you've got your normal Coca-Cola, um, yeah. Sony, and there's the other ones. There's one right at the top on the building in Times Square and it's for Midori. And do you remember yes. when oh, you yes. used to buy Midori in a teapot? What the fuck was that called when uh, the Midori – Shooters that you would have when you go to the pub. It was a it was a moment in time when we started going out to pubs where you would buy Midori something or other. I can't my stupid brain won't remember what they're called, but I can summon the taste like Pavlov's dog. Of the yeah. those Midori shooters, whatever the fuck they were called, and someone will ride in and, and slap at me for. I forgetting don't the same
2: one, but we used to, we used to have the Midori
1: milk, which were the green rats. Oh so. God! Uh, and that, and then
2: we used to play Spoof with that like, yeah. that coin so, game. Oh, yeah.
1: what a horrendous beverage! So and anything the with milk- hundred
2: and thirty dollars shout too. Yeah. 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 Anything, <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> anything with milk. Yeah, no, that not great. But well, mid- that', that oh, takes,
1: Midori. Yeah, yeah, I can't
2: remember what that what what you're talking about, Morgs, with Midori. Yeah. yeah. No. It wasn't the flaming Lamborghini. No, that wasn't Midori, was
1: it? No. No. Oh, I can't remember. Uh, okay. the, other, oh, the other, sorry, one more bad was. yeah, different. Uh, at the end, I was with you, Whitey. I, I did the whole thing. The, the two things that struck me most about on the revisit was how big the world was back then. There wasn't social media. We didn't know what was happening in America. America doesn't, didn't know what was happening here. Mick could quite plausibly have an opinion where he was like, What does new, nuclear disarmament I mean to me in the middle of the Northern Territory? So I thought that was great. What I didn't think was great was. The fact that he was um, packed into a New York subway at the end, and he got to tread on people's faces to go and uh, yeah. to go and catch up <laughs> with Linda Kozlowski, I thought yeah. that that was uh, improbable. That people are going to let him squish hit their heads yeah. Yeah. with the back of his uh, with the back of his big heeled boots.
2: Do you know what I did like though was when uh, when he first gets in the plane and he's pretending, oh no no, I'm fine, no worries. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you can see that he's shitting yeah, himself. It's the best, but then when it takes yeah. off Jesus. and like I I swear to Jesus. every. <laughs> Every time we got on a plane, Morgs and I, Morgs used to say that. As a friend, we go, "Jesus we, yeah, Every you time. You and
1: I have done that. We would have done that two hundred times on all our travels oh, around uh, the world together. Two hundred, like, yeah. Two hundred. Yeah. Uh, we did a lot of traveling. We did every a lot of time. traveling. I a reckon we've of said that every time. Yeah. That first Why don't you flight. Tell us about it. When um, we, what about when we went to? With that first flight, when we went through Japan, we went through Narita and uh me, me still. Sorry, M head still claims to this day that I dropped his bag and he spilt the two liter bottle of Jim Beam. All through his clothes through oh, in no. Japan, and he had to get off the plane and wear the kimono. And then That's we right. used to, before digital cameras were invented, we took a photo of him messing around in his kimono. And he did he did a big sumo. Oh yeah! yeah! Where he lifted his leg and then we got the film processed <laughs> the years kim- kimonos later. Kimono's on his covering is what you'd think. <laughs> and then there was this old fella hanging out of the film. So anyway, it was great to travel with you, G.
2: Morgs, um, yeah, Morgs over and under for, for flights
1: with Jesus Christ. Oh, oh, 200, 200, <laughs>
0: 200 200's the did, he, did he have any uh, Kleenex hanging off the end of his alpha? <laughs> there, was
1: some, anyway, there was some Rhodesian ridge back hanging
0: off We'll get to that We'll get to that in ugly, I'm sure. Look, um for my bad, I, I've got something that you said that was good, Morgs, but the walkabout pub had a little bit of wake in fright about it, just a it little, did. and I was like, "It's it's wake in fright light, but you could just see that maybe at eleven o'clock at night shit's going south pretty quickly at the walkabout pub." Yeah, that was really yeah. it for me. Like I've got Richard as a cock, but that's an easy one. Yeah, but, I have and, to have a villain. Yeah,
1: you do have to have a villain.
0: Okay, look, uh, that's it for the. Oh, okay, got anything for ugly? No, no, no.
1: Yeah, no. I, I do, I do. So I'm with you. The walkabout, the walkabout pub features in good, <laughs> bad, and ugly this yes. week. But it reminded me of a a documentary that, if which you need to watch if you haven't, I know I'll, I I point you into the gold every week if you just listen closely. But the whole hotel Coolgardie, which was about a couple of uh, of Scandinavian backpackers that. That they have a they have a bit of a um a backpackers route where they go and do a stint at an outback pub and then they they turn them over every couple of months. It's called uh, the Hotel Coolgardie and it's pretty confronting. So it's like a pub, like the Walkabout Walkabout pub, but it's not uh, Walkabout Creek pub, but certainly not as uh isn't set up as fun as that. But uh, yeah, just just go and check it out. Hotel Coolgardie, you you will enjoy the viewing.
0: Fair enough. Well done. Okay. Well, I've got nothing for ugly. And I think you've got something that you want to lead in here, Dan. Oh, yeah. I
1: thought I was, you know, I I was sitting around. I was listening to that podcast about how to be better at podcasts. And it said that you just, you need to do more categories. So I've got six more categories that we're going to do after good, the bad and the ugly, and they're just really quick answers. So I'll explain them this week, but from, from now, from this week on, we'll just do them in rapid fire succession. So the first one is that's not a knife, which is uh, the scene from the movie or, or, or dialogue from the movie that's crossed over into pop culture. So it's very easy with this one because it's that's not a knife from Crocodile Dundee. Yeah. Uh, so we won't need a riff on that. The next one's Hey, Derek Spreckensy Dick, which is the biggest uh, cockhead character in the film. So who do you think that was?
0: Richard. She's
2: not going to marry Richard.
1: Yeah, yeah. has no, to be Richard. Richard. Agreed. Uh, she not marry Richard. <laughs> next one is the jennifer jason lee in backdraft for the character that is performing like they're in another film so anyone any characters that from this that you had
2: oh, i just had the i had
1: the pimp i think the pimp was yeah i, I, think, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree he thinks the he's p- in Saturday Night Live. Oh, West, not, West Side Story. It looks like he's about to break yes. into song. Yeah. He, I don't yeah. think he was cast terribly well. But Are you going to talk to him? Yeah. Or are you going <laughs> to fuck one of them? Yeah. Did you notice? Because obviously they had the PG rating, so they had to drop yes. that fuck Screw. out. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah,
0: yeah. But they um, used the, they, they use the fuck later on in it because you can only have one fuck.
1: The, so the Nick? Yeah. Yeah, go. The next category is Ripley running, which is for the worst athletic prowess or running on screen from any particular character. So this is a tough one for me. Did you you guys have any any that you noticed?
0: Oh, she she doesn't look great when she takes the heels off and she starts running with that terrible hairdo. Oh
1: no, I but, think that's. Harsh. But She's not that's too harsh. bad. That is
0: harsh, yeah, but that's I, harsh. I don't think there's. I don't. She's trying
2: to
1: go quicker. She's trying to catch you. I don't think. I don't
0: think there's much. Yeah, uh, maybe, I, I, I can't think of anything off the top of
1: my yeah. head, Morgs. What do you one. got? Anything? No, that, it was, it, and it was a tough one. It was Gus Reginald Vell Johnson throwing the boomerang. Oh was, no, I, that's, yeah. the one, yeah, yeah. that's the one. Yep, that's the one I was thinking of. Yes, you're right. Yeah. I, it was a bit yeah. of a battler. I don't think he that, put much heat on that thing. So, but no, that I didn't think,
2: need, that didn't need to be done. That scene, I don't think.
1: Yeah, it was. Anyway. That was a bit on the nose. But anyway, yeah. all good. Well, that's
0: the show that he's tribal. He's from yeah. the what's he from the Harlem Harlem Warlords. Harlem Warlords. That's right. <laughs>
1: Uh, the next one is robot sentries for a scene that didn't didn't happen in this, but would uh, would be instated in a director's cut. And it comes from the brilliant scene in the Aliens director's cut, where the robot sentry scene is added, and we we get the, the feeling of dread of how many aliens are actually coming for all of the uh, the marines and Ripley in Aliens. So, is there a scene that you guys think you would like to add that uh, that would add to the movie? Uh, I I th-
0: look.
1: I'll give you some more. Obviously, next week you'll have a bit more time to think about this one. Yeah, the other, all I could come up was was more John Mellian. I just really enjoyed yeah. his character. I think four scenes was so light on for him, and I would have liked to have him explaining a bit more about their business in the top end and uh, and and giving a bit more of an insight into walkabout tours.
2: I I think that actually happens in in the second one, like we said earlier, which you know he gets he does bit, have a bit bigger, more runtime because he's so good and it's, he's got some cracking lines in that. But yeah, that, yeah,
0: there might have been you could have maybe done a cut scene which showed the croc attack, maybe, you know, the croc attacking his boat um, and, and sort of him being attacked by the croc, maybe. But other than that, I think you, I agree. It's probably just more John Million wherever you can. Just drop him yeah. in there.
1: Yeah, he was great. Final one, fifth, uh, sixth of the new category is Whitey's Brad Pitt. So it's the character that each of us would my, most like to have relations with. So uh, you guys, which uh, anyone in particular that stood out? I didn't mind the uh the, the, the dark head uh hooker with the curly dark hair. I give her a go. Excellent, Gout.
0: Yeah. <laughs> John Million apparently. John
2: Million. Yeah. No. No one. No one <laughs> was thinking about that. I don't know characters in this movie.
1: What about you, Dan? I I had a real funny feeling about Linda Kozlowski on this. Three. Look, I, I mentioned yeah. it earlier, mm. but yeah, she's a lot sexier in this than I remembered. So that was mine. Well, the the g string is like era inappropriate.
0: 80, 80, yeah, 85? Yeah, no, they weren't a big thing then. It's, no, it now
1: that's all the all the flosses. This is all it is. All, the, all yeah. they're running down at Noosa Main Beach. So uh, yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: All right, well, well done, Morgs. Uh, Next awesome, week we'll sorry. be more prepared, so we'll be able to do some quick fire stuff and fire them off. And good, good job. That's that. Well done. Good good ad there, Dan. And now let's go into listen to this a uh, bit of trivia and, and behind the scenes stuff about the movie. Uh, we'll start with you, Gow. What do you got?
2: Here's a quick one. There was quite a few different uh, versions of his Bowie knife running around the set. They had steel, rubber, aluminium versions, um, but he hoax kept one of them at the end and promised never to sell it, which would be worth an absolute it fortune. Worth a lot mm. these days, and yeah, and, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, the idea of this, I think I touched on it earlier, was when he when he visited New York City and he felt like an outsider, and people thought he was Scottish. Yeah, that well, he up our-
0: he was actually on his first visit was literally going around saying "good day to everyone." Yeah, so that scene yeah. is like is his art imitating life.
2: Yeah, and that's what that's what inspired him yeah. to come with that fish out of water idea. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, what about you, Dan? Anything? I had two things. So one of them was uh, apparently there was a real life crocodile Dundee that actually um, it, it ended pretty sadly so there was hogs appropriated a lot of the Northern Territory component of this story from a guy that was uh, had a, had a similar story to hogs he was a fisherman and he actually got stranded in the Northern Territory about 150 miles from the nearest uh, settlement he was with a couple of his dogs and uh, and actually had to crawl and walk and swim back into uh, into civilization over over, over a, a huge amount of time period and when they finally found him he was really Really emaciated and um, and and dehydrated and he would lived on buffalo and anything else that he could catch essentially but it the sad bit is that he actually after the success of Crocodunda Dundee he hit up and now it's I'm not quite sure who he hit up but I'm just going to say hoax because uh, it was it, he's the writer but it might have been the production company whoever but said hey look you've done really well out of my story how about you flick me some freight because uh, th- this is essentially my story you're telling on screen and they tell him the fuck off but they also he advertised himself as the real Crocodile Dundee, very similar to Wally and, and Mick's tour company up in the top end. But he, he positioned himself as the real Croc Dundee and he was going to take people on, on tours around around the top end in the Northern Territories and actually sent him a cease and desist and he, uh, he ended up passing away pretty destitute from the end of it. So it all sounds a bit different to the knockabout loyal bloke that we hear about, Hogs. It sounds like someone in the, in the business unit there, whether it was Hogs or Strop or, or someone involved with in production, was pretty ruthless when it came to pre- pre- uh, protecting that image of of Crocodile Dundee so yeah sounds um sounds a bit shit on paper when you read it but yeah. that was uh, the first the second one which actually leads into film school for fewits this week was there was – when the, the two sequels to this, which we touched on, I think the second one was – it was entertaining. Okay, it was certainly okay. The third one was an abomination, but some, a, a lot of the times a, a trilogy sequel is. But there was talk at some stage, and it got through to a, um, a pre-script discussion, was there being a crossover film for Crocodile Dundee? And do you guys know what that crossover was going to be? No. It was going to be a crossover of Crocodile Dundee and Beverly Hills Cop. So Mick Dundee (laughs) and Eddie Murphy would cross paths and get into fucking adventures, a bit like me and Gal traveling around the world, which I thought sounded fucking awesome. So uh, unfortunately, it never got off the ground and and Hoag's is about 100 and Eddie's about 89 at the moment, so I don't think it's ever going to happen, but... It did get me thinking, and and this week in film school for efforts, we're going to look at uh, some crossover films that did end up on screen, and and some that uh, that never made it but were rumoured. So yeah, there we go.
0: Okay, I got uh, really one, which is pretty a pretty amazing point that this is the fifth most watched film in broadcast history in British in in the British broadcast history. Is that was, right? Yeah, it was released on Christmas Day in nineteen eighty nine, and twenty one. Point seven five million people watched it. So, and it's in pretty esteemed company to be honest with Live and Let Die, Jaws, The Spy Who Loved Me, and Diamonds Are Forever, which are four bonds or three bonds. The Guard? guard no, not The there? Guard, no, no, not The Guard. Isn't that one of the biggest British movies? What
1: about Grange Strange Hill, the movie? Oh, God, Daniel.
0: Did you guys oh, watch yes. Grange Hill when you were kids? No, it's another shit show that you watched. So in 2016, it was rumoured. That the film would be rebooted with Chris Hemsworth. Oh, I heard that, at. yeah. And they actually filmed a couple of snippets. I think they were done for advertisements, and, and yeah, that it was for it was, whole, for it was for
1: yeah, Tourism Australia, Tourism Australia. It, so yeah. they
0: started this whole thing and a massive rumor mill that I remember. There is going to be. Thank God it's not. Thank God it hasn't.
1: It was very well done as a as a uh, a piece of marketing. It was actually excellent. They broadcast it during the Super Bowl, so they put some yep. wedge behind yeah. it. But, so, so
0: what was what was nice to see was that this one wasn't overdubbed with American accents like Mad Max was. But in saying that, they did have to put quotes around the word crocodile so that the American market wouldn't think the guy was an actual crocodile. Yeah. (laughs)
1: And I heard that as well, but I don't think that the average cinema goer is smart enough to make that distinction. Oh, there's, there's quotations around that. So it's not a crocodile movie. I think it was fraught with danger calling it a crocodile movie for that very reason.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, Anyone got anything else? No. No, we're all good. Okay. One degree with Kurt Russell was nigh on impossible. Did anyone have a look? Because I couldn't find anything.
2: One degree of Kurt Russell. I'm going to come back to that.
0: Ooh. Yeah, okay. We're going to leave one degree of Kurt Russell. Okay. Notable quotables. And there's a zillion, but I'm sure we've got a few of our favorites up. and we're I, think, start I think
1: we should we should whittle it down to just ones that we say to each other. Okay. Yeah, sure. So there's many. Uh, Gail, yeah. you want to you want to start? What are some of the favorites that you and I have thrown at the three of us over over the years?
2: One of the one of the ones I really like that makes me laugh, and I don't know if we, how much we say it to each other. We, pro- we probably do, but um, it's when he's got the water buffalo and he honks the horn at it, and it just his movie goes,
0: <laughs> "Get out of the way, Dopey! That's your dad. That's your dad. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's an owl. Get out of the way, Dopey. He was big on Dopey. Yeah, yeah." What?
2: It's just Funny so is that? maybe
1: that's what I like because it's, yeah. so it's so quintessentially Aussie. It's, so it's such an Aussie yeah, thing.
2: Yeah. Get out of the way, dopey.
1: So I read oh. I read a bit about that particular scene and they had to dope up the water buffalo so that Mick could yes, do yeah. his uh, his, his hang looser. But the thing just sat in the track anyway, and there was no way around it. On well, that was the other thing. There go. I've
0: got I've got that later on, and it's like, what's the point? Where yeah. did you go? You made it lie down, and now yeah. we can't get around it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well done, uh, Mick.
2: One of the good ones is. Uh, Yes. Well, hasn't he got any mates? <laughs> well nah. Back, back in Walkabout Creek, if you've got a problem, you tell Wally. Wally tells everyone in town,
0: brings it out in the open. No longer a problem. No more problem. <laughs> oh, again, it's there's so many things with you know, with uh with John Mellian. Like you got Windwall is probably the call of the movie, like him, oh like, yeah, know, like, Mick Mick. Yeah. You know, like did he, you know, you get a root, you root already. He's like, you got windwall.
2: So good. Um, one of the other ones was I was sort of married once. Nice girl. Good cook. Big. <laughs> <laughs> then I went walkabout, and when I came back, she'd gone. How long were you gone? Oh, couple of months. Try 18.
0: <laughs> and she didn't and she didn't wait around. <laughs> Strange girl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what about what about what about the donk though no. mimic oh, <laughs> get stuffed <laughs> are, are you really are you really an
2: Aussie kid if you haven't said that to your mate on yeah. the phone oh, at some stage no, get stuffed if you've never grabbed a phone and said that to one of
0: your mates so good so good alright well seeing we're shortening it down um, I do, but I, in one thing I do like and this just shows how uh, big the world was was the when he's in the bar it's like I don't mean to put down your black widow spider, but the funnel web spider can kill a man in eight seconds just by looking at him. (laughs) So clever. All right. We got anything else before we move into Morgz's domain?
2: Perfect. Morgs has got one. Surely, Morgs, you've got you've got one quote. Here. Oh no, we've
1: we, we've had them all. We've, we've spoken about them all. Just the on the the plane, I I think is the one that we say the Jesus most. Jesus Christ. Oh, Christ!
2: Not the bid day eh, one, Morgs. Ah, uh, oh, sure.
1: It doesn't. This is uh, if we. This is something that I've been. Saying doesn't it, translate. It doesn't translate. I've been saying it to these numbskulls for my entire uh, adult life, or, or age. You're very good at it, though. The but, way yeah. you
0: can sort of get. The bid it's, A, yeah. it's,
1: it's it's very good. I can I can literally crack these two up just with doing the bid A scene uh, in, um, at, well, at any stage, but it does not translate to a podcast, so we'll move on. I it probably does. You, you
0: don't even need to do that, mate. You, you just crack us up just when we look at your head. <laughs> you don't even need to speak.
1: Oh, good on. All home.
0: right. It's time for film school for F wits. Dan, take it away.
1: Fellow F So this week, Phil's uh, for efforts is inspired by that little tidbit of information I dropped before that it was rumoured to be a crossover film that would have Mick Dundee meet Axel Foley in a in a combo, which I just thought sounded so funny. Like on the, if you, you think it, I think it would be tough to convince. Eddie Murphy's team, that it was a good idea. But if it actually got to become a film, I think it could be piss funny. But uh, it, it it certainly would feel like a bit of a one-trick pony. It, it would have to blend some elements of Crocodile Dundee 2 where Mick gets involved with the uh, the drug smugglers. So there's a bit more action, which is probably not right for Mick's reasonably uh, shallow characterization. So, yeah, okay. So it, it doesn't sound too great and probably would suck. But it just got me thinking... What would uh, what are some of the crossovers that have uh, have occurred, and 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 some that have been rumored? And uh, I just thought we'd riff on it for a second. But cro- film crossovers have been a thing ever since, pretty much since film was uh, film, film was created back in the early uh, the, the late nineteenth and early twentieth century. So it was mostly monster pics where it was a real big thing. So you would have a Frankenstein film, and you would have a Godzilla film, and then suddenly you'd have a Frank. Frankenstein meets Godzilla film. So it was very common to to bring in uh a um a, a, a in the horror franchise to to bring in an adversary that had had done well in in their own standalone pick and then bring it in so that they mashed them up and then and hopefully doubled their money. But of I guess more contemporary stuff, it, it does does occur a little probably more often that you've you've noticed. But one of the the big proponents, or proud proponents of it is Quentin Tarantino. So his universe, where he creates in between all his films, are uh, it's, it's his own universe he creates, and, and he has items and, uh, and and themes and characters that do exist throughout all his, his films. But one that um, that is actually uh, one Quentin Tarantino film and one not Quentin Tarantino film that shares with the, it's actually a Steven Soderbergh film is Jackie Brown. The, the Quentin film and Out of Sight, which is the Soderbergh film. So they actually have uh, a uh, an ADF agent that, um, that appears in both films and it's because Elmore Leonard, uh, both those films are derived from Elmore Leonard novels. So it's interesting that they're able to go between studios and between directors. It's and, Michael and, Keaton's character, isn't that's it? That's right, that's right, yeah. yeah. So he, he appears in both. Which- uh, really interesting but uh, staying with Tarantino so obviously him and uh, Robert Rodriguez did the, the Grindhouse film, films, uh, films a few years back and, and shared some characters throughout so that was uh, it's always interesting to see uh, him but it's probably low-hanging fruit when you think of Quent- of Quentin but uh, some other films or one that uh, you, you may be aware of was pretty popular for us Gen X's was the um, all, all of the the uh, the Silent J and Bob flicks so the viewers universe, which uh, which were created by Kevin Smith. So he actually um, in, in clerks and more rats and dogma, he actually puts them all together. In uh, in one of his final films, so that they uh, all of the characters come together, and, uh, and and I guess it's a lot easier too when it's one or two that has put together these films. So, but definitely uh, all all of uh, all of the characters do meet up in uh, in in Kevin Smith's film, and uh, and certainly Dogma I didn't like so much, and Clerks is up to Clerks three or something at the moment. So I think it's uh, he's definitely terrible, rung a bit too much out of that. But M M Night Shyamalan also does it a bit too, where Unbreakable. And split uh, the characters actually meet up in in glass, which is uh, another one of his films. So definitely, uh, it's been done. Ralph breaks the internet. So the animated film is pretty funny, and that it brings a lot of cartoon characters uh, into the mix, and a pretty deep dive into the princess characters that uh, that that happen. So yeah, look, it it, it is reasonably. Um, reasonably common a couple of really bad examples uh that unfortunately alien versus predator was uh was the zenith of uh of when the <laughs> alien franchise just shat the bed completely so um it was actually a series that alien versus predator so multiple films do you do any business out of those out at the uh out of the shop one
0: nah they were not very well received they're not great movies the nah. first one isn't bad it's just yeah, they're the just, second one's heinous. Just, I never bothered watching those.
1: No, they're, they're just uh, they're just unnecessary. I'm like you. Yeah, I've seen the first one. It was it was yeah. pretty shit. Um, yeah. But uh, definitely an example of, of when you've got two sets of IP mashed together to try and pull from uh, the audiences of both, but probably alienated the audience of both, which was uh, which which is a shame. But Whitey, some of your favourites, I guess the um, the most common proponent of it has been the MC Universe, and they've played the long game with it as well. So they've really set up. Little bits of uh, little tidbits and a lot of these these Marvel movies over the years that have f- culminated in uh, Avengers Endgame, which br- brought multiple franchises together from the MCU Marvel Universe and uh, and had them crossing over and and crossing over seamlessly too, which takes a little bit of pre work too with uh, with setting up a lot of the uh, the, the in, in previous films setting it up so that it, it's not too clunky when all of the characters come together. So it's definitely um, definitely one that uh, that is a good example, I guess, of a, a more recent crossover of film. But some of the more quirky ones that didn't get off the ground, the, do you remember the Clive Barker films with um, Hellraiser, with the, with the Pinhead yeah. character? So there was yeah. a lot of talk about Pinhead meeting uh, Michael Myers, and and having some horror crossovers so that was always rumored never got off the ground but got to a stage where they actually had got Clive barker on to direct and and there was a script so it uh it only fell over really at um at the final hurdle and and horror is definitely a a genre that lends itself to to pitting the baddies against each other there was a jason versus michael myers versus the um uh what's the character from evil dead i can't think of bruce campbell's character but ash yeah versus ash so uh Freddie versus Jason. Sorry, it was Freddie versus Jason versus that. Freddie versus but, Jason yeah, yes. was 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 one that came together. But there was also a talk of a uh, Seth. Um, who's the who's the which Seth? Seth is Rogan. It? No, no, it's not no, the, the uh, bad guy. Go- uh, oh no, I'm sorry, I'm getting my Seths right. Jonah Hill is who I meant. Twenty one Jump Street. So there was talk of a crossover between Twenty one Jump Street and Men in Black oh really yeah so I I think that for people that like those movies it probably could have worked because I guess they're both comedies um but yeah not something that I would have would have hurried to uh to see but is there anything you guys there any crossover films where you think that the casts would uh would mesh together well that uh, you can think off the top of your head
2: I don't know about that. I was just thinking was there was there a Godzilla versus King Kong?
1: Oh yeah, that's yeah, uh, yeah, a yeah. lot Kong of those. A lot of those monster yeah. movies from the uh, from the early early twentieth century ended up mashed up together and doing quite yeah. well in those grindhouse cinemas and uh, and and the flick of the weeks for sure. So in the fifties, especially, oh, that was uh, that was super popular.
0: They're not they're not movies, but I tell you who did the the crossovers really freaking well, which was Hanna Barbera cartoons. So like you'd have Jabba Jaw and Josie and the Pussycats, yeah, absolutely. Or, have, or then, or then you'd have Scooby Bat- Doo. You'd, you'd have Scooby Doo and Batman and the Harlem Globetrotters. You'd have the Harlem Globetrotters and Scooby yeah. Doo. Like they just crushed it. They yeah. were so how, good at
1: doing. How did the Flintstones meet the Jetsons? <laughs> yeah. that. Well, and
0: this is it. You know, like it. Um-
1: that wouldn't be a bad movie, Flintstones versus No, there is there is an the episode Jetsons. where the Flintstones meet the Jetsons. It's a real thing. <laughs> right. yeah, How yeah, the okay. fuck did it. that happen? And why aren't we mm. flying flying cars to this day? Yeah. Well done, Jetsons, yeah. you bullshit artist. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I think the cartoons did it really, really well. They used to the, – Scooby-Doo were the masters of it every – Yeah, they'd, have a they'd always so, sort of, have guests. So, Phyllis Diller was yeah, always Kiss, on there. Kiss, they had, you yeah. know, they had a heap of them. They were great.
1: So TV, like there was a lot of X-Files was going to do it with Picket Fences. I don't know if you guys watched Picket Fences back in the day. It seems like something that might have been on at your house, gal. Is Tom but, Skerritt in that? Yeah, he was. Tom well Skerritt played. was in yeah. Picket Fences, yeah. yeah. So there was, uh, they, they got to a stage where they'd actually written the scripts for that and there was going to be an X-Files and Picket's... Picket Fences crossover, but it didn't happen. But they ended up doing the episodes of each anyway, but just took out the references to X-Files and Picket Fences and did them as two separate separate episodes on each on Picket Fences and X-Files.
0: Do you, do you know, it's funny that you mention this because <laughs> I'm just going to show how appalling I can be, is that I was watching some Murder, She Wrote this week. Oh, right? RIP, and, Angela Lansbury. Yeah, absolutely. And it was probably just because of that. And not because I love it and uh there was a there was an episode in season 3 which is a murder she wrote magnum pi crossover awesome and awesome. and and jessica fletcher helps magnum get off a murder charge it's and higgins is in it it's oh, next really? level good, wow. man. I was going. This
1: is the best thing ever. So yeah, it's crossover can work. It definitely can work. There was, I mean, Wayne's World had um, had Robert Patrick from Terminator turn up, and so look, it's not. It's 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 more common than you think. Um, but yeah, yeah, some of the some of the more fanciful suggestions that sitting around in a production meeting with some execs that I've sat in on and, and laughed at myself is uh, definitely guy. definitely amusing. So anyway, f wits. That's it. Crossover well films done. this week. We grow smarter. Are listening to Born to Watch, so if you just want to fast forward to Effwitz Film School for Effwitz each week, it's probably not a bad idea.
0: Which is what Daniel does when he does the re-listen. Is it? Uh, is did, it you also- cast, did you
2: say well, Did you say fast forward through Film School for Effwitz? No, two. Uh, so, <laughs>
1: through, through, sorry, through, sorry, through. I, got, I got that
2: wrong, mate. Sorry.
1: There's actually yeah. a piece, you can get a Google Chrome extension that you can just plug in my name when you listen to the podcast, and it just deletes these two gibberers, and you just listen to me. So I've tried it out, and it works great.
0: Tell you what, to be quiet for a lot of the fucking podcast though. There's a lot of <laughs> all you would hear, hear, all you would hear is beer opening, keyboard tapping, eating, and a, a muffled burping and farting. That's all you would hear for an hour and twenty minutes. That's
1: good entertainment.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. So we're we're giving Stan Bush kick-ass credit song uh, Wide Birth again this week. It will be back for sure in next week's episode. So we're going to move into Star of the Show. We're going to start with you, Gal. Hit me.
2: Toagues. Hoax yeah. just is unbelievably good. We talked about it for his his charisma, his timing, his you know, the comedy that he's blessed with. You know, this is the perfect vehicle for him. And it always was. So yeah. you know, definitely hoax for me. Okay. What about you,
1: Dan? I'm gonna go Linda Kozlowski, just because on this recent revisit, I was very impressed with uh with her performance. So with it's her G string. L- it's Linda for me. Yeah, she I don't know. I'm getting I'm getting on a bit, but she was yeah, she looked good. <laughs>
0: I'm gonna go with Hogs. Although, you know, Linda's G string is a very close second. And it was, you know, John, John Million's gonna be I, I, I around could, about the, there, but the star move of the show is when Hoag says, Let me help you with the scratch and she just moves on to all fours. <laughs> and he's yeah, like, John. No, I'm into this. <laughs> and then, then poor old Nev ruins it for yeah. him. Is that what you were doing? Is that what you were doing? Is that what you are doing? Helping, uh, you know, <laughs> rendering first, rendering <laughs> first aid. <laughs> uh, but no, it is Hugs, star of the show. That's an easy one for me. Uh, look, this was a great rewatch. I really enjoyed this and I have seen a lot, but I'll revisit this again. I'm going to watch this again with, with Isabel. I think she'd really enjoy it. She, I don't know whether she made it through it all the way the first time, but definitely we'll be rewatching again with her. So, look, Crocodile Dundee, if you haven't seen it for a while, get on it. It's really good fun. Uh, Now it's the rank bank and maybe we will be able to correct some of this pathetic ranking that's gone on on IMDb and on Rotten Tomatoes. And look, this one was a bit difficult to come up with with what we were going to rate it as, but I've given a crack. So I've got a few here. So we've got gun-toting kangaroos. We've got medium-rare goannas. We've got hypnotised buffaloes. We've got awkward public engagement announcements. We've got era inappropriate G-strings. We've got 20-year age gaps, and that's obviously between Hogs and Linda. We've got huge hunting knives, and then the final one is bidets. (laughs) So what do you think? Few to pick from there. What's your favorite there, Dan? I, I but, quite, sorry, I quite like the, the the Bowie
2: knife because it's so iconic in the, the movie, knife, and yeah. it's and it's what he carries around with it at all times.
1: Uh, no, no, I I think. Well, I think Rambo of... when I think that knife, I think it he got market corrected unfortunately by um, yeah. By, I think he Rambo. Did. Uh, I think it's A's for me just because again that's just made me laugh for, <laughs> for going on thirty five years. Yeah, so. I,
0: look, and I and that's why it was last because I I quite I'm find a biddays biddays do biddays. I quite liked era inappropriate G strings. Also, also
1: good. Also good.
0: Okay, but we'll go with bid A's. So we're going to start with Dan on the land today. And out of five, Dan, how many bid A's? are you giving Crocodile Dundee?
1: You know, I, you, you touched on it earlier and you're really shit at holding your cards close to your chest, but I agree with you wholeheartedly this week. I, the nostalgia bomb that went off at my house last night when I was watching this film, I had a smile on my face the entire time. I was picking up on things I hadn't noticed, like the score, which I think was excellent, and just the, the pacing. I thought that there was no dead weight in the film at all. It was nothing but an enjoyable experience for me and just brought, brought back... A lot of really happy memories of, of watching that film. And it, just when the world was bigger, like it just – when Australia was so far removed from the rest of the world, there wasn't any social media like, all oh, you fuckwits, like that social media shit. And, uh, find us it on was, TikTok. Find us like, yeah, and check us out on MySpace. And I just think that it was just a – it was just a, a really nice trip down um, and, and definitely – it, it, it made me think about how much time has passed uh, between then and now and how different it is now, but I, I just think it was excellent. I'm going to give it four bid A's. Um, I think it was uh, was a really important movie for for filmmakers, a really smart movie for the producers and the screenwriters and uh, deserve it of its Academy Award nomination for screenplay for Hogs. And uh, I think, yeah, just a culmination of his Amazing abilities the honed over years and years and years of Australian television just to create a great iconic character and a subtle a subtle performance by Hogs and uh, and just a cast that was excellent. So yeah, four bidets for me.
0: Very good. Well that sum up
2: was about as long as the movie, Morks.
0: <laughs> Morks just got
1: all these words out <laughs> in the
0: rank bank. Um
2: I will I look I totally agree with you, Morgs. Um you've said it all there. It's it's a great movie. It's a great vehicle for him it, and it was, you know, it's,
0: it's as watchable to this day as it always has been. So I'm going to give it four as well. Wow. This week's going to be really, really easy because I'm giving it four as well. And I'd already typed that in to my spreadsheet. So, yeah, as a as a four days, where does Crocodile Dundee sit in the pantheon of Born to Watch Films?
2: Okay, that's going to put Crocodile Dundee into equal thirteenth spot. Am I, have I got that right? There, it's yep. right up there with Beverly Hills Cop, and above Commando. Equal so twelfth. Com- equal twelve. Equal twelve. Sorry. So Commando in at three point nine four. Elaborate European flat tops, and then we've got Crocodile Dundee and Beverly Hills Cop on four.
0: Yeah, and also Step Brothers on four
2: i oh, step buzz on four as well. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Right below Wolf of Wall Street at I
1: 4.08. Re- lemons. I reckon we're pretty bloody good at this because I, I would say that's perfect placement for that film. It yeah. seems in yeah. very good company there of uh, of films we've enjoyed equally. So, yeah, I couldn't agree with me more.
0: Yeah, well done. Well done, Dan. Look, again, you've, you've, you've crushed it. Appreciate the input. But uh, so four there, so it sits right in the middle, right in the middle, which is where I think it deserves to be. Okay, so what are we watching? Uh, gentlemen, gal, you got anything Ooh. that, uh, you've been into this week? I know yeah. I, I can probably say what it's going to be, but.
2: Yeah. I just finished better call Saul really slow, slow burning, uh, series that, but, uh, well worth a watch. I had to bring walks after it and really and have a, yeah, have a review of the ending, but, uh, yeah, love, love the whole show. Just the character arc there of Saul.
0: I have not watched McGill. one minute yeah. of better no, call Saul.
2: Fantastic. You got to do that. Yeah. And then, uh, watching how I'm watching, i Trying to catch up on House of the Dragon. It hasn't hasn't enthralled me. Watch the first few episodes. I'm I'm at the last couple now. So I'm just trying to get through that as well.
1: Yeah, perfect.
2: What about
0: you, Dan?
1: Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I watched again this week. So I reckon I watch that a couple of times a year. So that'll, yeah, uh, I'm sure good. that'll, uh, we haven't hit any Tarantino films yet. But yeah, that was great. But other than that, not a lot tv's a bit lax for me at the moment i haven't none of the more recent series have engaged me you can you can stick the new game of thrones right up your schlacker and mm. uh, and, and certainly lord of the rings that you and Damar have described it as, as expensive shite. so yeah if anyone's got any suggestions feel free to reach out to me, uh, at me morgs@myspace.getfucked um i'll check it out <laughs>
0: uh, well i went to the movies this weekend with bell and she wanted to go and see Black Adam, which is the latest DC, restarting the DC universe, trying to combat what Marvel are doing, starring it's The like Rock. Black Adam. Black Adam.
1: Right, okay. Black That's Adam. So the Rock
0: one, it? yeah. Starring The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Did it have the biggest, oh, it's the biggest opening, or maybe
2: it's his biggest opening movie ever.
0: Yeah, look. Something like that. I don't, I don't know how it is. It's not great. Okay. Uh, it's It's okay. It's not great, though. She loved it, which was great, but she's eight. So you've got to take that with a grain of salt. My son actually saw it the weekend before and fell asleep in it, mm. which is saying something possibly. Uh, he may have been hung over. I don't know. But Black Adam is, wait until it is released on a streaming service. Don't spend the money. It's, uh, it's it's only reasonable.
1: I might go a step further and never watch it in yeah. the term of my natural yeah. life.
2: <laughs> I'll be I won't be wasting my time. I don't think on that.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, this is what I'm here for. I'm here to jump on the grade, and I actually may do a little review on that on now. Born to Watch YouTube channel, which is going ahead and leaves and bounds. So many subscribers. It's just mate. It's our, it's unbelievable how popular it is. You can't. And Dan's promised he's going to do some uh, some video for us when we go up on the land. Sweet to add to that. Uh, okay, so another great episode. Well done, boys. Uh, obviously, Crocodile Dundee is a favourite of all of us, and it's really just hit that nostalgia button in all of us. And I, I loved it, and I'll watch it again. There's no doubt. I'm sure. Yeah, same. One. Same. Yeah, really, really good. Another great episode. We've we've crushed Crocodile Dundee, and next week we're sticking with the Australian theme. Did you? Uh, we're doing.
1: Did you tell everyone? Yeah, hang on. Did you tell everyone to vote for us on that podcast thing?
0: Oh, it's going up on the socials today. And please vote for us on the podcast awards. Uh, I'm sure we'll finish in the top 5,000 podcasts in Australia if you vote for us. Thank you, Daniel.
1: Yeah. Well done. I'm all over it.
0: You're a social animal. So next week we are sticking with the Australian theme and we're going somewhere very dark in a performance by Ben Mendelsohn, which is chilling, to say the least. The crime thriller Animal Kingdom. If you have not seen it, it is immense Australian cinema and it's well worth watching and it's actually been made into a US TV series which the uh, the guy who directed the movie is heavily involved in that as well so I'm sure
1: yeah good did it's it, a good series did it too off, love it kick off the ben mendela's say sons oh I'd, I'd say probably did i'd say probably did cuz he's he's, uh, he's had a nut like a, a he he spent a he's lot of a years in the, in the wilderness of just no roles that really suited his character and then he. after this i'm sure you'll find he just uh, he just took off again with a lot of local and international roles he's brilliant absolutely brilliant
0: yeah he's amazing he doesn't get the kudos he deserves no. but next World week will be we'll, yep next week we'll be doing animal kingdom so watchers get in it and get on it and i'm sure johnny bull will send a photo with him watching animal kingdom in research
2: Good on you, Johnny. another good tree. episode.
0: Well done, boys. Thank you oh, for no, joining Hang on.
1: You said you had a review. What's the review? You said, oh, is it about, we did too. Is it about me? No, it's not about oh. you. Don't worry about it.
0: Uh, we'll do this because we've been reached out by another podcast uh, and they hooked us, hit us up on uh, Instagram and it was uh, very exciting that the boys from Smoke and Mirrors who are uh, down in uh, Sydney, have contacted CD. us about, Ugh. yeah, I know, please. So, so, so 2012 and they, they hit us up about our podcast on the raid and uh, said, love the episode fellas, which is funny because you guys weren't on that one. So obviously love what Damo and I did, but love the episode fellas. Did you know Gareth Evans initially wanted to make the raid two, but didn't have the budget. So the first one was something he threw together to hopefully one day. So hopefully one day he could get the budget to make raid two. Also, Bloodsport is nowhere near a two point five. It might be up there with the raid. Coding uh, with with nostalgia and Stan Bush's epic ballads. So there's a couple of things there that is great. One, he's listened to two episodes. <laughs> <So> <laughs> at, that's least, at least two, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, it's it's the podcast community are just rallying around and supporting each other. So thank you, Smoke and Mirrors. Let's hope you've listened to Crocodile Dundee to, and we've waited till the till the nth minute of the podcast, We should, to we should, shout out. We should great do a,
1: work smoke and mirrors. Love it. We yeah. should do a crossover. Like like the films. We should do a crossover Born to Watch versus Smoke c- and Mirrors.
0: Okay. We definitely could uh could do that. If they we want to reach out, we'll reach out and see whether they're keen on doing a bit of a crossover. Oh podcast. no, don't
1: don't make the first move. You've got to let them come to us.
0: Uh, well this is it. So we're going to throw it out there and see whether they are they're, they're keen to dabble in a little bit of yeah, crossover you've action. Got,
1: it's like when um When Obi-Wan and um, Hayden Christensen are fighting and Obi-Wan's got the higher ground, like we've got to maintain that higher ground.
0: (laughs) Yeah, okay. That's funny. Okay, well, another week done. Thank you so much. And we will see you next week when we talk about Animal Kingdom. So catch you all next week. Looking forward to Animal Kingdom.
1: Sucked in, F-Wits. I got in a film. i like, yes.
0: (laughs) Prepare to be bored and we shall see you on the line. That's bye for now.
2: Thank you for listening to this episode of Born to Watch. To join us on our journey into some of our favourite movies of all time, you can find us on all good podcast networks like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, give us a five-star review and share with your friends.